0: You're
1: listening to the My NFT Journey podcast. Each week, our host, Andy Storch, will share his journey and newly found passion for non-fungible tokens.
0: Welcome to My NFT Journey. I am your host, Andy Storch, and this is a show where I share my NFT journey as well as the journeys of others and lessons that we have learned or are learning or still trying to figure out here in the NFT world, in Web3, in the metaverse. And this show is for you, whether you are just starting out and trying to figure out what the heck is an NFT, or you've been in it for a while and you're still trying to figure things out like me. Even if you know a few things, if you've been around, you know that there are new things to learn every day. And one of the things, one of the buzzwords that we hear a lot in the NFT space is the word community, whether it's being thrown around as we need to create a community or we have a community. Many people say, I'm invested in this project. And you ask, well, why do you like it? And they'll say, the community, right? Well, what does that mean? What is important about building a community? What do people get wrong? And what is, all, what is the buzz? Like, what is all this hype about community? Well, today, my guest is going to break that down for you a little bit. I have my good friend, Heather Parody on. Heather is an expert in this space. She started out as a newbie. Uh, you might remember her from being on this show Back on episode 17, which came out in January of 2022 with her then-partner Rich Cardona, they were running a podcast called NFTs for Newbies, and it was an absolute sensation. It took off, had over a million downloads, which... For context, if you haven't been in podcasting, that is a huge, huge number. I personally run three podcasts that I've been running for years, and I'm nowhere near that. A few hundred thousand maybe, but nowhere near a million. They absolutely crushed it and uh, have a huge following and a lot of fans as a result. Well, that podcast ended recently with episode 99. And Heather recently started her own podcast called Community Builders. And when I say her own podcast, she is a very experienced podcaster, having done over a 1000 episodes across various shows. Her new show is called Community Builders in Web3. And I highly recommend you check it out if you are in the NFT space, if you're in the Web3 space, and you're building something, you're getting involved with something, you're going to want to check this out and learn from Heather. Now, Heather has also become a very good friend of mine. We met when she started the NFT for Newbies podcast, and you know, before that show took off, they actually had me as a guest on their show, episode nine, I believe it was the first guest they had on. And then it took off after that. I won't claim any credit because they did some really great work over there. I was just lucky to be part of the journey. But we built a friendship, and we ended up hanging out at Vcon. It was the first time we met in person after talking and texting for months and we even uh, shared a house together with some other friends in Airbnb. We got to spend a lot of great time together and I am here to tell you that Heather is the real deal She is completely authentic. She is completely wonderful. She's great at networking and building community herself. Always love talking with her, and I know you're going to love learning from her as well. So this is probably one of the longest intros, preambles I've ever done on this show, and it's because I am just such a big fan of my guest today, Heather Parody. And if you haven't heard her before, we'll see if you become a fan as well. She's very active on all the socials. I think Instagram is probably her best spot. She creates some really great creative content on there, so make sure you go follow her as well as look her up on the Twitter. I believe in both places. Her handle is Heather Parody, P-A-R-A-D-Y. Same as me, just using the same old first and last name, completely doxed, unlike some of the other, many other people out there in the NFT space. So look her up, Heather Parody. And without further ado, here is our interview all about building community, her new podcast. And we give a little recap of our experience at VCon as well. Enjoy. All right. I'm here with Heather Parody, who is Just such a great connector, community builder, friend, and really someone who's become quite an expert and knowledgeable, connected person in the Web3 space, especially when it comes to community. Heather, you and I spent time together at VCon. So I want to do like a little recap and get your perspective experience on that. But you've also made some like shifts and pivots in what you're doing recently and what you're diving into with Web3. So I wonder if you could start by kind of explaining what are you up to? Because things have changed since the last time you were on this show, probably a few months back.
1: Sure. Well, first of all, I'm a huge Andy Storch fan, so it's an honor. Thank you so much for having me. I got bit by the Web3 NFT bug in August of 2021. And I would say became a a public student. Um, I didn't mean to be, but started learning about NFTs and Web3 uh, online in front of everybody documenting the process and apparently a lot of people felt that way that they were newbies and uh, we built a little following and platform my partner and I on on learning this wild world and that show came to an end uh, about a month ago I can't believe it's been that long and I was kind of left at a crossroads where I'm like okay do I go back to doing what I was doing which Mm -hmm. I was good at and I loved and there was a future in that Mm -hmm. or do I want to stay in this world which honestly Mm. was the honest, the hardest decision to make because I was comfortable with what I was doing prior. Mm. However, to use your word that you love, I was curious about Mm. uh, the unconventional path of just kind of staying in Web3, learning about it, and honestly starting all over and building Mm. my own platform and my own work around this. And this is what kept me in, Andy. I'm not techie. You know this. Mm. I'm not an artist. I'm not the traditional Web3 kind of gal. But there was this word that kept coming up when we were hosting newbies over and over again, and it was community, community, community. Mm -hmm. And you wanna tempt a therapist with a good old time and say the word community. I'm like, my God, that sounds interesting. How in the world do we build community in a digital landscape? And so that's what I'm leaning into in this next season of my life. I think it's a tactical need that a lot of people need filled. How do I build community around my projects, my business, Mm -hmm. et cetera? But also it's a human need that I think that we need to address and think about when we're literally shaping the next world that our kids and grandkids are going to live in.
0: Yeah. You and I have both been in this NFT space for about a year now. The word community is definitely like a buzzword that gets thrown around a lot. Yeah. So it's no doubt like people are paying attention to that. We also went to a couple of different sessions at VCon where people were talking about community. And one that our friend Bennett like walked out of immediately because it was, that was so, the
1: highlight of the event for me when Bennett walked out of that so workshop. Ridiculous. He, he did what we all wanted to do. And I love I know. people like
0: that. I can't take this. He just walked right out. So on that <laughs> note, because I think he was and the reason he walked out was that he didn't have to go to the bathroom. He was just appalled by what people were saying on stage and how I guess you would call it like it was kind of an eye rolling moment yeah. on that note. What do you think are some of the ridiculous things you hear or that people are getting wrong about community and then? I'd love to you know, maybe just touch on what do you think people need sure. to figure out?
1: Sure. I think people are rolling their eyes because we can all agree that community is important, but no one's telling us how tactically to build it. Mm. And so the cliches of A, it's important. Yeah. Web3 is all about community. And then kind of bringing it to a... You know, we're all just gathered here for fun, and if I'm fun and if I create a sense of belonging and purpose, people are just naturally going to gather around me, and it's not going to be—it's it's it's so easy. When really, when you get into the trenches of it, like I was just—I just had a call about an hour ago where we're sitting there having to talk about how do you kick people out of a community when they're violating— the roles and the value Mm. system and all that? How do you be the bad guy? How do you tactically build the infrastructure that creates belonging, but also creates safety in a place? How do you grow a community where it doesn't become stagnant and everybody's like, what the hell am I doing here? Mm. Uh, But also keep it very personable where people don't feel like they're just another number. I mean, these are some of the tactical things that we've got to figure out as community builders and start teaching, and I think uh, the reason all of us get annoyed with it is because we know it's so important, but no one is talking about how.
0: Mm, Yeah. Or they're talking about how, but they're not actually giving real concrete tactics, things that you can do, right? Or they just keep saying it's important.
1: Well, it's like, a, think about it like a marriage, you know, when you get married, it's like, oh, we just gotta love each other forever. And then you get like into year 10 and you're like, what the hell? Like we need some tools here, you know, yeah. because we know it's important. We love each other, yada, yada, yada. It's sweet. We want to be around each other, but that's not enough. Right. We need structure. We need accountability. We need tools. And I think communities are just heightened relationships. Obviously they're just a bunch of yep. relationships. Yep. And how do we, how do we manage that?
0: Yada, 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 yada. Okay. Speaking of that. You have been married 10 years. I've been married 18. I still don't know what I'm doing. What's your biggest tip, tactical tip, on creating a successful marriage? (laughs) Oh, my. Your husband might listen to this show.
1: Yeah, she's full of BS. I think, for me, communicating the why behind things and Mm. understand seeking to understand the why behind his thing is important a lot of times we talk at each other like Mm. this is what i want this is what i believe without understanding the context in which that comes from and i think if Mm. we can get back to the context we can start to be more flexible yeah and that's really hard when emotions are out there so that's what I'm practicing and learning right now. Let me put it that way, Andy
0: Storch. I like that advice. And if I can take that back to business, I'm also a student of great leadership. I've mm-hmm. studied a lot of leadership. I've run leadership development workshops for years. And I think there's such an importance of being able to explain the why and get to the why and connect things to purpose versus just telling people mm-hmm. what to do. Where do you see that? How do you, If you can connect that back to... Web3 leadership and creating a community, where does that tie in?
1: It's interesting looking at one of our favorite community builders, Gary V, mm-hmm. right? Where he leads huge companies. We yeah. don't even know half the stuff he does, honestly.
0: Right, true.
1: <laughs> and he's able to build massive communities where people are really believe that, and I believe they do, honestly know him Yeah, and know who he is because they're attached to a value system They believe the undertone of what he's teaching. I mean, I haven't agreed with every single thing that he's done or said, and I won't. However, I can't say, ever question that he's not brilliant and Mm -hmm. he's not somebody worth following and somebody worth trusting. Because even with the mishaps, we know the human behind it. I think in leadership and building community, it's vulnerable and it's scary, but we have to allow that side of ourselves to be seen and to be Mm -hmm. known. Not only are people attracted to that, there is also a little bit more room of forgiveness, Mm -hmm. you know, because when we do F up, which is inevitable, people will be in for the long haul.
0: Yeah. You mentioned the word vulnerable, caring. I I, I think there's no doubt that like Gary, his intentions are true, right? And you want to know if someone's leading something that they truly care about what they're doing. And if they're willing to be vulnerable and, and be authentic too, I think that's what people really want, whether it be in Web3 or anywhere else. And mm-hmm. I don't think we, we always see that. I think we're seeing more than, than we used to, but it's really important there. Okay, I want to transition a little bit to being a woman in Web3, mm-hmm. because I think you are a woman in Web3. Last time checked. <laughs> yeah, last time you checked. No, but I bring that up because there's certainly like a movement around this. You've been running some calls on this Mm -hmm. because my perspective, you correct me if I'm wrong, I look at Web3, especially the NFT world is it's a pretty inclusive world, but it's still probably only about 20% female, right? If that we want to get more people, you know, more women involved in the space. What are you seeing there? And is there a problem or a challenge that we need to overcome? What are you hearing from the people that you're bringing together?
1: I've always been annoyed with the, the rally behind more women in X different spaces. Mm. I, I think it comes from a chip on my own shoulder that mm. I don't want to be just seen as a woman in this space. I yeah. want to be just seen as a human in this space. So it's always yeah. annoyed me. And I don't know if it's me getting older yeah. or just frustrated with a, a lot of the masculine energy and, and there's not a space for, for diversity in, in a lot of these spaces. But yeah. this past you know eight months or so, conversation after conversation. It's mostly men. Mm-hmm. VCon, you know, percentage-wise, I was one of the few women in the yeah. room, even though there was a lot of people in there. I was
0: about 80-20 there, maybe, based on my observation. Yeah,
1: but still, I mean, you just notice it, you yeah. know, and I have to give credit to where credit's due. Um, Rich, my my partner, he was one of the people who said something to me that, that hit me that I hadn't thought about. You know, we were talking about just the lack of diversity in the space, and he goes, do you realize the the impact that you could potentially have on a lot of women if you decided to ever go that route. He said mm. because people listen to you, you have yeah. a voice here and a lot of women, you know, like you and mm-hmm. they they need your voice. And he said like it you. a lot better than that. Yeah. But I don't know what it was about maybe what it was. It just it's it stuck with me. I'm like it's selfish of me for me personally. I'm not saying mm. in general. For okay. me personally with the tools that are in my hand, the skill set that I have to not pay attention to what's happening here and the role that I could potentially have, and I don't mean that in like a "this is my responsibility" and I hate mm-hmm. it. Uh, but realizing that I was approaching it thinking about only myself and not about what I ha- what the good work I could potentially mm-hmm. do. And a lot of times when we're left with that, we think, you know, mm-hmm. what can I do? You mm-hmm. know, and I don't have a huge ass platform, especially when you take off newbies. You know what I mean? And starting mm-hmm. in the the Web three space. All I have is this freaking Zoom account, I have some relationships, I have an email list, and I have a bunch of old listeners who used to know who I am. So start where you're at. And yeah. all I knew to do was get us all on a call and talk about why is there, why aren't there more women in Web3? What can we yeah. do about it? And yeah. we actually are coming up with some solutions and actually taking action on it, which is really cool. And that's just been within a few months. So yeah, if, if, you, if you notice there's a gap, uh, do something about it if it bothers you.
0: Right. And when you say you have old listeners, it's not that all your listeners are old. They've just been following you for a little They're while. They're right?
1: so old. All They're these so old, old newbie people, old NFT old people,
0: newbies. <laughs> if someone is a woman who is listening to this right now and wants to get more mm-hmm. involved, what what can they do? What should they do? What do you want them to do?
1: You need to share what you're learning with someone. I think that's the best thing that you can do. We want to overcomplicate everything, but I'm convinced it all comes down to education. Mm. You know, more people just need to be educated on what this space is. And you don't have to create a podcast, you don't have to right. start an Instagram account. You can literally just hold your hand out to the next woman beside you and just start learning together. Um, that's a very small tactical thing that you can do. And I'll also say just, you know, go to the leaders in this space who are women, pay attention to what they're doing and get involved. Um, your participation in things means more than, you know, Mm. um, even if you're just on a call and your presence there does matter.
0: You had an interesting meeting with a man at VCon that, uh, I think is related to this. Would you be willing to tell that story?
1: Sure. So, I've had a bunch of different little opportunities that have come on my table since newbies have ended. And one of them was was a man who was wanting to quote, help me leverage what happened in NFTs or newbies into working with him. He had an idea for a project and wanted me to come in as like the, the voice of the company. He presented it as the CEO position. He's had a lot of business success and is tired of being in front of people and now wants to give this position to a woman, in his words, because he's ready to advocate for women's voices. He set
0: himself up as an advocate for women This women
1: is, literally, I'm using the exact words, mm-hmm. which was cool, right? Mm-hmm. But I wanted to hear more about the logistics, obviously, yeah. and so forth. So when we got into those, it wasn't aligned with my long-term vision. So, you know, gratefully turned it down to so this. I wasn't, I wouldn't be the right fit for this which it was immediately turned into this, um, do you think you can make it without this opportunity? And I've rarely, I'm 35. I've I've had a lot of microaggressions, of course, Mm -hmm. my entire life, but only a few occasions where people have like dead looked me in the face and like, you're not gonna make it without me. You're Mm -hmm. not gonna make it without my backing. Even saying, you know, I'll never be able to lead anything on my own without some kind of support there when he never came out and said masculine support, but (laughs) it was, was, I'm so you were there right after it happened and my heart was pounding and I was sweating a little and my hands might've been moving a little bit fast all around the place, but I'm so grateful for that, Andy, because I needed to remind myself that that is the experience of so many women. And it wasn't, again, about me. Yeah, it mm-hmm. lit a fire into my ass, Andy Storch. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, you better watch oh, no. me, Paul, you know? That's why I wanted but, to tell the story. <laughs> oh, man, it's so much. But also, too, it reminded me of, like, this is the reality of, of a lot of women. And um, that's what we're fighting against.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now you've got an opportunity to prove him wrong. And I cannot wait to see what you do yeah. with that opportunity. It was already there. But that's, yeah. that's kind of what, what we have going on, what's out there, right? There's just a lot yeah. of subtle, unconscious bias that we have an sure. opportunity to, to fight against. Let's just go back to the community angle. What, what's something you have learned recently as you've been going on this journey? You started this new podcast, Community Builders in Web3. I think it's off, from my perspective, off to a great and fast start. Mm-hmm. I see all the reviews and people sharing it, and it's fantastic. So if you're in the NFT space, Web3 space at all, like make sure you go subscribe to Heather's podcast, Community Builders in Web3. What's something you've learned recently about community from, from doing this show?
1: So when I went into this, I kind of demonized in my own mind, like, there's a difference between audience building and community building, Mm. and community building is superior than building an audience, and that was me being biased, and I think it kind of sounded sexier, you know, like, I'm about building community, not about building audiences, but like, episode stinking one, dude, Mm. it was presented, and I, I wholeheartedly believe that there's a place for both, that as leaders and gatherers. We we need to still have audiences and be able to communicate with audiences because that's what draws people into community. And so it's not that we're one or the other, it's that we're intentional. Yeah. With those two worlds and we're strategic with them what is the place for audience right now mm-hmm. why are they here what are we doing here mm-hmm. and then what is the place for community and is there a natural bridge between those two and are we making a distinction there i think that's been really eye-opening um most of the guests have brought everything back to values and really being unapologetic about what you stand for and speak for and mm-hmm. That's interesting because then you think about being inclusive and not wanting to. If you're you're like Andy and me, we both love people and we never Mm want to hurt people's feelings. I think there's a difference between, you know, saying stuff to be divisive versus just being honest. Yeah. And David Hayward said the other day that it takes courage, courage to moderate community and to be able to have strong boundaries in place. And so that's another thing I've been learning about is you know how how to create belonging, but also some structure there. And lastly, I'll say, and we're early in the process of learning all this, and I'm so grateful that you you were one of our guests. I can't wait to share that with our audience. But with interviews like yours, I think we want to make Web3 and all this stuff because the tech is so sophisticated that we overcomplicate things like community building. And mm-hmm. there's a lot to learn from people who have built communities in Web 2 in mm-hmm. real life. And we need yeah. to look throughout history and pay attention to the history behind community building and what pull the goodness, keep the leave the crap, yep. pull and see what we can learn and implement into this new digital world. We're not rewriting the book, but we can shape it,
0: mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I like that audience versus community building and, and how they possibly blend. And as you're mm-hmm. saying that, I'm thinking... You know, Gary Vee and Tom Bilyeu, two people we follow and admire, and you've interviewed Tom, they both spent years building an audience 100%. before creating an NFT project and a community, right? I mean, Doc, yeah. Gary's been doing this for more than a decade, building an audience. And in some respects, you could almost say he was already diving into a little bit of community building because he was actually responding to almost every single person he could for years, making yeah. it a conversation rather than just him pushing out content and people Reading it and responding, I think that lends to more of a community, which is you know really cool. So it's like you got to have a bit of both. And I'm I'm fascinated and I'm curious to learn more from you as you go through this journey. I want to finish by talking about Vicon. You yeah. and I were there together, and I'm so grateful for that. I'm I'm glad that you made a decision to come because you know there were a lot of great people there. But you
1: convinced me.
0: Uh, <laughs> Even <well, laughs> Brian. I'm glad I did. I'm glad Brian did because I mean, I'm just going to say like, I really like hanging out with you, Heather. And to have that like friend to share that experience with was really cool. Like, as you think back now on the experience we went through at VCon, what were like some of the highs? What were a couple of things that you thought like, Mm -hmm. eh, that wasn't that good? Like, what was your, like, what's your recap I'd say your reaction? like,
1: content-wise, it was nothing groundbreaking or yeah. shattering. And I don't think, I no. think that's not to VCon. That's honestly most conferences. You right. made the point earlier, it's more about the people in the hallway. Like, I yeah. sat for very few talks. Um, honestly, just didn't hold my attention. I wanted to meet people yep. and so forth. So that's something I think, can do maybe better. And then also the venue was so stinking big that I'm um, granted, I may have lost a couple of pounds, which I'm not upset about, but all the walking <laughs> and hiking and all that stuff, it was out of yeah. control. Yeah. I think high level, a, I'll absolutely go again. I'm so grateful that I went. That man that we spoke of earlier, who was giving me that amazing opportunity that I didn't mm. take him on. One of his complaints about the, the conference was You know, there's so much gray area in Web3. There's so much unknowns. Nobody knows what the hell they're doing here. Nobody is tactical, blah, 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 blah. Which is true. Yeah. There are a lot of unknowns. We don't really know what community building looks like in Web3, but real decentralized world, et cetera, et cetera. However, if you're a leader... If you're looking for opportunity where there's gray area, there's a lot of opportunity for people like me and you and these listeners to come in and innovate and define what is next. And, that's a big call and it can be scary, but I also think it's super exciting because that means you have a voice here and it literally means you have a voice here, mm-hmm. literally. Yeah. <laughs> you can yeah. come in and build a platform, create content and actually have a say of, of what things look like moving forward. So I know it's disgusting. People say we're early, but by God, we are.
0: Yeah, people kept saying that at the conference. I looked at it over. I know, it's annoying. It's like and, community's and the-
1: important. Yeah, it's I annoying, look at the people next
0: to me. I'm like, are we still early? Because they say we're early. <laughs> was there anything that surprised you at VCon? Any big surprises that came out of it?
1: How many people knew who Andy Storch was? My <laughs> God. Walked down the hallway. Can't even like walk three steps without turning around. and Be like, hey, Andy Storch.
0: Oh, it, was was awesome. Awesome. No, it was
1: really cool. It was yeah. really cool. A lot of times there's a disconnect between the online space and the real yeah. world, right? Yeah. Yeah. And people like you are a great example of how mm. you can really mm. impact people's lives online. Because when they see you in real life, guess what they did, Andy? They thanked you. They hugged you. They talked mm. about how much you changed their life. And most of those were digital connections.
0: Mm. I appreciate that. Yeah. Even though it's an exaggeration, I still appreciate it. (laughs) No, it's not. No, it's I appreciate that. And I appreciate you, Heather, and everything you're doing. You also had a lot of people there who you knew and knew who you were. And we both made a lot of great connections over there. We had a good time and I'm glad to hear you'll be coming back to the next one. And we'll be spending time together there and probably talking more and hanging out in between. So Heather, where can people find you if they want to follow along in this journey?
1: Yeah, community builders in Web3. We're everywhere.
0: Yeah, and make sure you follow Heather on the Instagram and the Twitter as well. Heather Parody on both, P-A-R-A-D-Y, because she's created some really great, creative, cool content around Web3. So definitely worth checking out. Heather, thanks again for being here. This is awesome.
1: You're the best. Thanks, Andy.
0: All right, friends, that will do it for my interview with Heather Parody. I hope you enjoyed that and you become as much of a fan of hers as I am. If you want to follow Heather, again, her handle on Instagram and Twitter is Heather Parody, P-A-R-A-D-Y. I know she's on LinkedIn as well. And her website is Heather Dot com H-E-A-T-H-E-R-P-A-R-A-D-Y, heatherparody.com, all info on there. And if you're building an NFT project, you may want to reach out to her and see if she might be able to do some consulting or help you out. And I'm just promoting her business because I'm a big fan that we have no you know, official affiliation. And of course, I want to remind you to make sure you're following me on all of the social media handles as well. My name is Andy Storch, S-T-O-R-C-H. It's the same on Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn. And the website is andystorch.com. Thanks again for listening and I will talk to you next time. Thanks again for listening to My NFT Journey. Hey, I wanted to take a moment to let you know that our podcast right now is sponsored by voice.com. Yeah, voice is an easy place for creators to create carbon-neutral NFTs. That's right. You may have heard about NFTs from the outcry around environmental impact And how much energy is being burned by Bitcoin and Ethereum and other cryptocurrencies and NFTs and tokens traded on the blockchain? Well, Voice is 65,000 times more energy efficient than Bitcoin and 17,000 times more energy efficient than Ethereum. So if you're looking to create some NFTs very easily or buy some NFTs, especially low-cost NFTs, very easily with U.S. dollars and without burning lots of energy or impact in the environment, then check out voice.com. I am working on creating my own collection of NFTs on voice. And I've found so far that it's extremely easy. All you need is the right graphic, the right strategy or what you want to create. Decide what you want to give to people when they buy the NFTs and then go set it up. It only takes a few minutes. So go check it out voice.com and let me know what you think.